Welcome to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This week, me and Travis are going to be coming at you guys with some of the best storylines that we saw coming out of the first week, going over some uh, some news as well as just some analysis on the teams that we see that are hot and that are also not. We're going to go over the uh, athletics power ranking and kind of give our thoughts on where some of those teams kind of lined up and overall just kind of cover some of the hot stories. So we couldn't be more excited that the season is now underway. So let's get into it. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz and I am joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to episode 56 of the Two Tools of Baseball podcast. Second episode of the new season. Uh, we're coming to you guys on a Monday afternoon uh there's some baseball being played right now we're gonna try to wrap this up before the angel game begins first pitch so Travis and i can uh, watch lorenzen's first start as an angel but um yeah overall it's been a pretty exciting first weekend to have baseball back we're gonna kind of do a, a shorter episode keep it brief just go over some of the big storylines of the weekend talk about some of the you know the big things that were buzzing online on social media and just tackle a few topics uh, and then you know next episode we can get cover the whole first week do some power rankings to get all that kind of stuff going but just uh to start us off travis um to start us off let's 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 touch on our uh our boys bregman and arenado oh good good way to start yeah weekend weekend players of the uh week and that's actually good for me and you because uh those are definitely our guys and they they mashed this week yeah we saw bregman mash on thursday at the game and then Arenado, of course, this weekend against the, uh, you know, against the Pirates. You know, I will say it's kind of a, that's that's I, I'm not a flawed stat, but he did he did do very very well. I think it was like a 1700 OPS. A, a or great something like weekend that. is a great weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. in the majors. Yeah. J- j- just for context, you know, back, going back to 2019, we have had this third baseman debate, <laughs> and I always thought that Bregman was, uh, you know, I thought he was the best third baseman after 2019. After 2020, I was leaning more towards Rendon, and now I think it's Ramirez. So I'm very flexible. Travis has just been an Arenado diehard. Obviously, now I think he thinks Ramirez is the best right now, right now. But oh, yeah, yeah. but uh, he's been an Arenado diehard for sure. So it's good. It's, it's kind of fun to see those two guys get recognized. These two uh, elite third basemen of the last you know half decade. So in uh, Arenado's case, a longer than that. But yeah, uh, that, that was, that's a really cool uh, you know player of the week thing to start off the season. Um, I'm sure those guys will both continue to be doing pretty well. Travis, I'm going to swing it over to something a little bit different. Um, Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom, they're probably the two, the two, I would say the two biggest names in New York baseball. I don't know if that's fair. I think that's probably kind of fair. It is fair, um, yeah. They both have said that they're going to be exploring free agency after this season. So Judge is not signing the extension the Yankees offered him, and DeGrom is not uh, – doing the player option he's opting out he's choosing to hit the market even though he's injured right now he knows that his value is as high as it will ever be coming off of that last season even though it was about you know half the innings pitched of, of most of the Young contenders it was absolutely elite in terms of run prevention so uh travis give me your just raw thoughts on degrom and judge hitting the market do you think that they can break records in terms of how much money they garner in terms of years or AAV? Do you think they actually leave New York? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll start with DeGrom. Um, I know he had definitely intended to opt out of his contract at the end of the season, rightfully so. doesn't mean he's going to leave the Mets. I don't know if he's going to actually leave New York, but he just wants a new contract. I think he deserves it because what we've seen DeGrom do the past three to four seasons has just been um, up there with some of the inner circle Hall of Famers. So he definitely deserves a new contract. It'll be interesting on what he gets because right now, like like you start looking at, you know, his track record the last couple seasons, you know, 2020 was a shortened season. He was elite still. 2021, of course, I think was out the second half. It, uh, that's when the injury came through. It had a historic season that year. Didn't finish the year. And then, of course, now this season, he'll probably miss the first half or a good chunk of the first half. So injuries are really biting him when it comes to, you know, him being as dominant as he was two or three seasons ago. So that's the one interesting part. Will a team give him two to three years high AAV 
or will they be almost too too scared or too worried to give him a short-term deal in that he might only play one or two years of that short deal and then you're kind of almost wasting away he's going to get north of 40 million if he gets a short aav aav deal he's going to get scherzer money probably definitely better than scherzer money um for that so i could see a team giving him short years but i could also see a team saying hey we're going to give you you know seven or eight years um and a little bit better aav when it comes to you know more team friendly AAV. more team friendly like 30 million or something like that he's 33 or had his 33 season last year i'm looking at his eight i mean he turns 34 on june 19th hmm. and so just about when he comes back he'll be 34 years old so that means at the start of next year he'll be almost about 35 and so you wonder if a team says we'll give you five years we'll give you six years we're going to lower the aav down tremendously but we're going to give you a contract that's going to get you into your 40s um and kind of see where it goes right there it's really i mean it's it's kind of crazy how Jacob DeGrom has just aged. I mean, he literally came into the league at 26, and we all thought that he was 22, 21. But, you know, he's already it passed his mid-20s coming yeah. into the league. So um, he definitely, I think, will be the one that gets uh, a fair contract, I still believe. He's still a very dominant pitcher. I think, honestly, even like a team like the Dodgers, Dodgers will have Bauer pretty much off the books because he he signed two years with an opt-out and his you know if he didn't want to do his third year so i'm guessing bauer i don't e know even if he has an opt-out i think the last year is like 18 mil it's like well, the, it, by far it's the little money by far the smallest it's little money and i'm pretty sure kershaw's off the books and also I, i'm pretty confident david price is off the books so they have a mm -hmm. lot of cap space coming off the books for next season i could see a dodgers do something funny with you know two or three seasons of that kind of baseball get their trainers working with DeGrom and really make him uh you know back to old normal healthy DeGrom-esque kind of uh kind of a pitcher so we'll see what happens there Judge on the other hand Alex you look at the money and you look at the Yankees offered him it was very fair and it really seemed like a deal that you really felt that judge should have taken almost but we'll see what happens it really now it, it's on judge now because if he does not stay healthy then you're looking at aav and you're looking at the amount of years of a contract drastically changing because if this guy can't stay healthy you're looking at more seasons in the mlb with judge unhealthy than healthy and mm -hmm. so that's going to be a big i think uh problem in the uh, in the free agency with Aaron Judge, if he can be fully healthy this year, if he can win an MVP, if he can get a seven eight WAR, which he could definitely do, then of course you're going to get an Aaron Judge that's going to have. I mean, you're going to get a guy that's going to be paying three hundred million dollars for this guy, and any team will be willing to do that. Yankees could still get him. I think he said he really wants to be in New York. So honestly, I both teams I wouldn't be one hundred percent worried about just yet. But it is kind of shocking that a guy like that with the injury history did not just take a deal like that and said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to be a Yankee for life. I might have to take a little bit less than what I wanted, but at least I'm guaranteed for the rest of my career to be a Yankee and I'm getting paid big, big bucks. Kind of like what we look at Buxton. He took kind of a short deal with the Twins. He could be a guy that he can getting so much more money. Um, but if he, he just took, have the breakout, yeah. he took the, the safe route and he said, you know what, I'm just going to get paid now and not have to worry about performing in two or three years. And then of course, you know, my career and my and all my all my earnings and salaries are just totally shrunk. So, kind of interesting take on all of that. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of good info. I think that the I I think one of the biggest factors is how much the Mets are actually willing to spend right now. Because I think Cohen has made it clear as their new owner, he I think would hand Degrom a blank check. I think that's honestly like his mindset. I would assume. Um, and honestly, Travis, I saw a passing tweet, I think it was, where maybe they, maybe the Mets get their guy, maybe they don't. But he said something like, it's really important for the Yankees to secure Aaron Judge yep. because he knows a team in the same city that could use a power hitting right fielder. And, Co <laughs> and Cohen will write a check funny. for whatever amount. Could that you imagine great. the that Yankees is, fans that like, would if, be, yeah. if Judge just you know, went across town? Benedict Arnold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it'd be definitely super crazy. Um, if that did end up happening, but, um, yeah, I think that, and, and also to point in that direction, um, not saying it'd be kind of funny if judge and DeGrom flip sides and flip teams, but mm. then you're looking at the Yankees and you're sitting on the Stanton and, and Cole contracts yes. with no real superstar kind of right on the team and so you're i feel like the yankees are kind of put into a weird situation where it's like okay maybe now we should have got correa or something like exactly, that exactly right? yeah exactly because now all the big first basements are kind of off the market 
all of the big shortstops are off the market. I mean, I guess you still have Volpe coming up in the mm-hmm. minors, but um, Judge is our guy. I and mean, people still, to this day, still think Judge is the the face of baseball. And he's, of course, the face of New York baseball because, oh, well, face of New York baseball, I definitely can agree, but face of baseball, eh, you know, I think it's just there's an East Coast bias because everyone watches East Coast games. Yeah. Not everyone can watch West Coast games. But um, he's definitely a known presence. Every ballpark knows Yankees right fielder, you know. Right. And and I think honestly, I'm surprised at how often I see that that ninety nine, you know, pinstripe jersey know. just around. It's I know. it's pretty common. Um but yeah, I think that there's so much to I guess unpack with the possibilities of, of those two players this coming off season. I think Judge had a quote saying like, you know, someone said, Are you gonna like like 'cause he 'cause he declined the the deal like you mentioned. I think it was I think it was in the ballpark of like um 220 240 million i think something Eight like years, that I so thought. like i think yeah i think it's like seven years after this one so yeah yeah, yeah. um and then he added on he he countered with like a 10-year deal for a little more money and i think cashman said well we can't do that i think yeah. i think his counter was yeah it was like a 10-year yeah. like 360 or something just like you know pretty much i mean honestly it's not like that crazy to think about because it was not that much more than like a lindor deal i yeah. think judge is a much better player than lindor oh, yeah at least yeah. right now you know um but the injury history, of course, is a factor. The age is a factor. Um, he, I think he is like 30. I think he's older than you know you would think. Yeah, so I know. Um, I think he's older than Mike Trout. He, he which came seems... in, I think, same thing like DeGrom. He came in at 26, 25, and it's kind of just like, you know, young phenoms like Soto and Trout, you know. They, they make everyone seem – They come in at <laughs> yeah. teenagers' years. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, with that in mind, I mean uh, – I do think he could probably get on the open market if he has a good if, if he does this year what he did last year just like a really good like you know top 10 MVP or top 15 MVP kind of guy I do think that he can get a bigger contract than what the Yankees offered him but um what he offered in in reverse I'm not sure he would get that um I think he probably looks at contracts like the Rendon contract like the like I said the Lindor contract and says you know I can be more viable than those guys in the next seven years, and they're going to make more money than me. Why is that? And yeah. I understand why he might think that. So. Also, Mookie Betts, too. I mean, I mean, the money he got, too. Yeah, Mookie got paid in a big way, and, and Judge probably thinks, you know, I, I'm just as good as Mookie. Um, they're very interesting players to compare, of course, but um, Judge, Judge has every right to at least think that he can be better than Mookie in the next, you know, handful of years. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, with all that in mind, it's going to be very interesting to see where those two guys land DeGrom and, uh, and uh, Judge in this next coming offseason. Um, I think, yeah, I think that the Yankees are a team, like you said, don't know what they would do if they do miss out on Judge. It's yeah. going to put them in an interesting spot. They might have to, you know, shop for more outfielders. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to just kind of wait and see on that. Then you're in on Juan Soto. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's it definitely puts you in a spot where you, you want to— But you'd give that money to Soto because he's 22, 23. Well, right, but you're gonna, you're gonna, you probably have to trade for him too. So Very true. I wonder yeah. what that will cost. Maybe yeah. it costs the Volpe or the yeah. whoever it might Very be. Very true. Very true. Um, Peraza and the minors and stuff like that. But uh, we'll move on now, Travis. Uh, something else that I kind of noticed as a headline that was of the first weekend that kind of popped up in my mind. I remember going in the last season, super hyped on the Brewers rotation, right? I was, I called it out and I put money on Burns and Woodruff for the Cy Young and I felt really good about it. Yep. And this year, I just was a little more hesitant. Not because I don't think that they're legit. I think I have them both as top 10 pitchers in baseball. I think I had Burns at like three, which I felt like six or something like that when we did our rankings. Yep. But I think that for whatever reason, I feel like they kind of, they really struck lightning last year and they really, everything kind of clicked in the rotation. And this first series, Travis, not, things did not go not as pretty. planned. Yeah. Any thoughts on, I, I think it was consecutively, I think it was a Burns in the first inning of his first start this year walked two guys, which he didn't walk any batters for like, like it was I've like forty nine Ks to zero. Walks it was like last sixty year. innings pitched last yeah. year before walking yeah. a guy, yeah. and this year he walked it in two guys in the first inning. Yeah. So his control obviously didn't start off amazing. And Travis, in all in context, short spring training. Don't yeah. want to badger him too hard on that, but at the same time, it's like they really. Uh, uh, look, look quite a bit different this weekend than they did last year. Woodruff, they got to him uh, pretty solidly. And then uh, Peralta, I think, gave up a, a tank to, I think it was uh, Seiya Suzuki. Oh, really? It was? I think so. Okay. I think okay. it threw him a slider inside, and, and Seiya just pulled it. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on the Brewers' rotation as you see it right now? Yeah, I mean, of course, I, 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 I'm probably – there's probably – 
two or three percent of me that, that is in panic mode and the other 97 percent is you know hey, just first start first weekend i mean yeah. you're playing in chicago in you know early april it's probably i think it would still in the 40s or 50s so you know pitches are probably still a little bit you know they go from arizona you know 80 degrees 90 degrees now to you know north side of chicago it's cold it's windy probably of course had to battle the elements a little more than they they would have liked to so uh really early i know i know fans on twitter i know everyone including me you know you get kind of you overreact the first weekend because you just you 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 take that first weekend as like this is like the playoffs right now like this we, is our we, new we team. gotta go yeah. yeah and especially with like even going back to the angels you know the way we finished spring training hey spring training champs um <laughs> number one <laughs> you know you go that way and you kind of you see the way the series went and with some of these teams um you see the way that you know you play and you're kind of just like really we only we, we're only 500 or really we, we lost the series to this team this team's not supposed to be better than us but you know it's just the way it goes i'm very confident that burns and woodruff will uh both be probably finishing top 10 in cy young this year um i think that they definitely have that i think peralta as well so not concerned at all um we've both been concerned just a little bit about the brewers offense we'll see if that right. kind of continues to go uh, but I think pitching staff, we should be we should be pretty confident. Just kind of you know, I, I, I like you said, the for only three weeks of spring training, these pitchers they get their six weeks before the season starts to get ready. So honestly, I'm not really too concerned right now with um, with some pitchers maybe having some uh, you know rough first couple starts i think once you get into you know late april once you get fresh into may that's when these guys should be all dialed in ready to go um and you know starting to make a big impact for their teams but uh you know i mean you're not you're not wrong there were other teams that really this weekend you felt like they um they should have done better and they didn't but you know again it's the first weekend sure i try to tell myself you know calm down don't even worry about it and so you know but it's, we're like two percent or less it's still, than that. Yeah. it still bugs you for some reason you know but you know uh, so something i'll add travis you mentioned the offense and how we've you know all off season we we're hoping they'd address it and they really didn't i'm not sure if you saw this today but they did get shut out by the orioles two to zero i saw which that. is uh, is orioles not at all what dub. you want to see um i think renfair was like their dh uh didn't have any hits uh, Adamus and the two whole thing getting hits like a lot of this you know uh, there's a lot to there's some stuff that's you know that you like some stuff you don't like um, about the lineup like Yelich actually starting the season not too bad at all yeah. uh, McCutcheon it's, not too bad either but overall it's just like not uh, it's it's tricky when you I feel like you you start the season one and two and you're you know you're kind of disappointed you wanted to go into Chicago and take the series and then you go and play this team that the Baltimore Orioles and then you're thinking there's like yourself, no expectations kind of and you show up and you're like we should okay we should be able to get a win here but it's almost too much pressure and then you fold to this team that's 0-3 Orioles will probably finish bottom three in baseball this year mm. and then you're kind of wondering okay really now we're I, I and again we're so early in the season four games in and you start one and three okay who cares you know you come back to win the next two games or the next game for the uh, brewers you know you're still back on track so i really don't feel any you know pressure i think with them right now but it is kind of a it's crappy when you have to play the orioles and of course you don't you don't take those games that you're supposed to and then you get shut out by them and you're kind of just thinking okay it's the it's the orioles come on yeah yeah and and, and their main their main competition for the division people you know imagine to be the cardinals and it's it probably stings for the brewers to see them have such a fun exciting yeah. you know week first weekend series they're playing the pirates though but you know what you're, it's, you're it's totally still, right it's still uh you're you're it's definitely stinging because tyler o'neill crazy good start i think the first four rbis were from him the first game yeah not a good game yep i think opening day goldschmidt was like four for five or something like that like yeah just i mean lo their stars are stuff. clicking their stars yeah. are clicking and you definitely see the brewers stars have uh have a trend a little bit below than what they hope to see but you know yeah i always keep saying it first week it's it's really kind of just getting the jitters out and you know it, it's a marathon and this is why you know people really you know look at like a full season full 162 games you see a lot of these champions of the last you know couple years i would say especially for 2021 and 2019 you know the, the nationals and the braves some point in those seasons they were below 500 and they were you know looked at as a team that just was you know just gonna scrap it i know we had that conversation last year alex with Fred, or not, uh, ronald cunha jr getting hurt and me, me and you were both talking. We're like, well, I think they just kind of need to scrap the season. And, you know, it, it, it's it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's how it does. And, you know, they go into win the World look, Series. Look at them now, yeah. And so it's it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, definitely, I think, definitely, like I said, 
people just get overhyped with this weekend because everyone's watching games are all sold out you know you know going to angel stadium it's packed it's it's you know it's so loud the booze are going crazy and you almost feel like it's october baseball but it's early april you know yeah. you shouldn't be too worried but still you know yeah good, good points good points there um uh small transition we talked about uh, Suzuki hitting a home run, say Suzuki that is, of the Cubs, off of uh, Freddy Peralta. I saw a stat today that's kind of interesting, and he actually has had a very surprisingly elite start to his MLB career. I'm going to talk about some stats really briefly. Just someone to keep your eye on, guys. Uh, we all know, you know, most of us know that he was like a big free agent coming out of the Japan League, coming over to America. Uh, MLB was not really sure, like, you know, what kind of contract is he going to get? Cubs snagged him, and he's been great for them so far. So um, they, I don't think they played today. So I think this is all the stats of just the, the first weekend of baseball. He only saw 29 pitches, Travis, that were outside the strike zone so far in his MLB career. He took 28 of them. Wow. So he only swung at one ball out of the zone. Wow. Of those 28 out, out of the zone, 26 were called balls correctly, and two were called strikes. And then the one that he did swing at out of the zone, the one that he chased, ended up being an RBI single against Brandon Woodruff. Wow. So talk about really great play discipline. That's a stat from M at uh, MLB Random Stats. Um, and then someone commented on that post showing this stat of swinging outside of the strike zone, and he is the lowest percentage in all of baseball uh, so far this year at only 3% uh, swinging outside the zone. Uh, that's better than second and third place, which is Mitch Garver and Christian Yelich. So other good play discipline guys, but just kind of interesting that off the rip, no adjustment needed. His eye is elite right now. Sam Suzuki. So, and against the three, one of the, arguably the, the best rotation, the best and three best starting pitchers in the national league, which is, you know, that's a big kudos to him right now too, as well. Yeah. Going up against great point, going up against those guys, bringing the power in his first home run against Peralta and also showing the great discipline. Definitely a fun thing. Keep your eye on him. If you're in fantasy, I assume he's probably taken in your league, but if not, I do expect a lot of good things from this guy. It seems like the on base is going to be really good because of that great discipline. And he's already showing some pop early. So uh, great for him. Really awesome to see him. Uh, you know, doing that well uh, this early. And now I'm going to switch over to another player that's gotten tons of hype this first weekend, Travis. Someone who I think was not really on either of our radars. That's probably on us because we he probably should have been. But this is a player named Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians. He has had a really, honestly, historic first weekend of an MLB career. Um, so this is the stat, guys. Stephen Kwan has reached base 15 times in his first four career games in the majors. So this is not including... Oh, sorry. This is including today. So yeah, 15 times in his first four career games. Only player in MLB history to accomplish this since 1901. Insane. So literally the best at getting on base first uh, four career games. Well, Where did this guy come from? I, I wonder if that's a, is like a 900 on base. <laughs> it's, it is, I saw the stat line. It's crazy. I mean, actually, that's a good point. I want to look it up right now. But I saw someone making a funny joke saying like, we have to call it Quan base percentage now instead <laughs> <laughs> instead of on base percentage. But yeah, um, it's really cool to see like, you know, young guys come up and immediately find success. And someone, I saw someone on Twitter, it's probably a hater was saying like, it's the next Jermaine Mercedes. But I actually do think that like this guy had a bit more of a prospect, uh, I guess a, a resume where he was kind of thought of as a really, you know, high potential prospect. Yeah. Whereas Mercedes was kind of more like a crazy, like 29 year old rookie just like yeah. blew up out of yeah. crazy. But yeah. Um, it, it's really cool to see someone on on a team like the Guardians to have something to point to as like a good sign of hope. Travis, so it looks like um, this is not updated for today, unfortunately, but the, for the first three games of his career, he was an 800 batting average, an 857 on base, a 1,000 slugging, 433 OPS plus. So wow. How, how many hits? Eight hits in wow. four. In wow. Eight hits in 10 at-bats, 14 plate appearances. Wow. Wow. He he. After after Sunday night, he led baseball in uh, hits, but that could be different wow. today. But I know today he did well too. So it's just like, yeah. uh, great great news for Guardians fans. Have someone to kind of rally around. Another cool storyline to follow. Like I said with uh, Suzuki, if Stephen Kwan is available in your fantasy leagues, you may want to look into him. He's definitely on a hot streak right now and could be a good outfield bat uh, for the time being. Um, Travis, now I want to kind of switch over to something I mentioned to you earlier, which is going to be the Athletic released their power rankings. Um, they did a full one through 30. They actually did one before the pre, like during the preseason, before the season started. 
and essentially this is like their first update about like four games into the season so yeah um it, it probably is not going to change too much but you know on all the on all their stuff it kind of said um it kind of said like this is our uh ranking for this team a couple days ago and this is our rating for them now so uh overall i kind of want to just get some of your thoughts some of my thoughts on this it's just the you know the athletic actually you know i subscribe to them i do like their content a lot but um it's just one you know one uh media outlet's opinion yeah. mm-hmm. uh mlb does their like weekly power rankings i th- or bi-weekly or whatever it is i think they said i saw the mlb tweeted none today we'll do it next week so next week we can talk about the mlb power Which rankings we ain't mad about <laughs> right we, we don't need we don't need to get in an argument right I, now i, I but. guess they could have just done it to make some more intriguing arguments going on for uh the comment section but yeah yeah I'll go ahead and rattle off the top 10 presented by The Athletic right now. So this is The uh, the Athletic's opinion as of um, through Sunday, I believe, because they published this Monday morning. So through Sunday, they had the power rankings as number one, the Dodgers, who were ranked number one in their last PR. Number two was the Blue Jays, who were number two before the season started. Number three were the Braves, who were on their number three before the season started. So no changes in their top three after the first weekend. Four, they had the Bra- uh, sorry the Rays. Who were five before the season started. Uh, fifth were the Astros, who were six before the season started. So both those teams went up by one. The White Sox are now sixth, who they were fourth before the season started. So White Sox go down by two, even though they were two and one uh, this weekend, that first weekend. The Mets are seventh, uh, and they were ninth before the season started. The Yankees are eight, and they were eight before the season started. Giants are ninth, and they were ten before. So they went up one, and the Brewers are tenth now, and they were seventh. So interesting. Everyone that was like the top ten kind of stayed the same yeah. for them, but some reorganization there. Overall, I think it makes. I think a lot of it makes sense. Um, I'll give a couple thoughts, and I'll let you say your thoughts. My first thing: White Sox falling two uh, spots, even though they went two and one. I think it makes sense only because of all their injuries. Yeah. Crochet, Tommy John, Lance Lynn gets hurt. Now, uh, Giolito, abdominal muscle, might miss a couple of weeks or something like that. Not exactly sure. Uh, it even says that AJ Pollock tweaked a hamstring, which I didn't even know about. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of minor stuff for them that uh, it's not probably not too concerning for their division hopes. Like they're still well on track for that. They have enough talent to get by. But um, overall, it's definitely something that's going to really lower the ceiling of the team if they can't get it all together. I can't imagine them winning a World Series if, you know, Crochet, Lynn, Moncada, Julio, and Polk are all hurt, right? All so, those guys got to be A1, ready to go. To get through the top AL. Top performing to get through the AL, yeah. So yeah. Um, that was the standout thing for me that they dropped two spots, and it actually does make sense from my opinion. And, and they did, I think they had – to me, it was, it was a disappointing – I think it was opening day loss to the Tigers. I mean, the ending with Pollock, you know – it hitting off the wall but then also you see Liam Hendricks blow a save on on opening day you're kind of right. like this is the guy this this is this is the number one guy this it's is the this highest is paid reliever. closure closure of all time exactly <laughs> I think it was uh Eric Haas the catcher for the Tigers that uh just totally hit a shot mm. into the left field bleachers but um but yeah honestly. And, and then Baez came up clutch which is I mean Travis we had we had our com- but, yeah we had our complaints about Baez going into the offseason kind of didn't want the Angels to go get him a lot of concerns I, I still think he's a very flawed player with the swing and miss stuff, but he has had a really good first weekend. He, he had has. that he had that walk off, uh, you know, hit against the wall um, with Pollock bobbled. I think just today he had a home run, a as, shot in the eighth inning, yeah, which is you know off of you know I mean they're one of the Red Sox relievers I believe it was, but it, right, I think, but I think the, it untied it. Yeah, if Detroit ends up being in the mix, that could be a meaningful series, right? So Definitely. like. Uh, Definitely Detroit, you know. And some good flashy plays. His defense, I, he's made some pretty good wedge gems of late. And uh, that's something that he always brings to the table with Baez is you're going to get good a good fielding shortstop. Absolutely. Um, so with all that in mind, Travis, what else stands out to you about uh, any of those top 10 people? Yeah, I mean, I, I know I saw someone else's top five or top 10 power rankings. And to, for me, honestly, I think I had to almost include, um, I feel like Astros and, and Rays, even though they weren't in mine, I feel like they have to just be in the top two. I don't know why. I, I mean, I think the Astros played mm. a, they the Astros played a very good opening four game series against the Angels. I mean, Angels pitching brought it. We we saw the stats. Angels pitching very very good job. Um, kudos to them. The offense, of course, struggled, but you really saw. I mean, Framber Valdez a sensational job. Uh, Jake Odorizzi did a good job. Justin Verlander did a good job. Just gave up a solo home run to Jared Walsh. And then, of course, I think it was uh, Urquidy on Sunday that right. did a v- fantastic job as well. Um, 
their pitching staff and their bullpen have been very elite so far and their hitting of course has been elite i think they scored 13 runs on friday night and then um they scored three and four on uh three on thursday four on uh on what is it sunday and so you're looking at you know just about almost over 20 runs scored in a four game series so offense is on point pitching's on point they so far look like a very good team even with uh uh Yuli Gurriel out on paternity leave one of their big bats not playing they of course can still pick up the damage and do a very good job you see guys like Pena Jose Siri you stepping know, up still stepping up and that that's a, that's a huge encouraging Nico, sign for Nico them. Goodrum a lot of guys stepping exactly. up actually getting getting at bats Alemis Diaz getting at bats in that second exactly. half of the series exactly and if, if, shows their depth at least if it wasn't even for Joe Adele's Rob home run yesterday it'd be a 7-1 victory you know it'd be another yes. it'd be another Astros um torching of uh of the Angels but I really like them being in the top two spots also with the Rays I know they played the Orioles but um you know just starting the season three you know it's just it's just ray baseball you know you think that they would go against the orioles and the orioles would try to play some sort of spoiler but the rays seem to just play professional and they just seem to get the job done um currently right now they are down 9-1 to the oakland athletics which is a huge surprise i'm pretty sure a lot of people probably lost some money on money line today that, that, that um, might that might just drop your uh ranking by one point just yeah, straight no, up exactly so i guess i'm talking about the athletics right now before the game started today i definitely right, have the right. race but right. um you know like I said, it's early. Dodgers drop a series to the Rockies, but we still know how dangerous they are. You right, know, we course. definitely know how dangerous they are. The Brewers are the same thing. Um, Mets looked really good. I know a couple of their players got hit in the face, but they still got back up and are still playing to this day, which is, I mean, I I am so, so shocked and so surprised that both Pete Alonzo and Lindor after taking fastballs to the face are able to get, get up and still perform. I mean, That's crazy. It, it just... They they might be uh, they, they I, might be a different vibe this year. You I, think? <laughs> I earned some respect for them now because I feel like they are they are definitely hungry to uh, you know get to October and they're not going to let these small little stupid you know opening weekend uh, debacle and injuries get to them. But uh, yeah. it was it was pretty funny seeing Buck Showalter on how just enraged yeah, he was coming out, out in the dugout and it was against Steve Shishek, old Angels pitcher. Right. Um, you know, so I think looking at the, the big takeaways for the weekend, of course, are, you know, the Rays and the Astros still playing elite baseball. And then, of course, you, it's funny, you look at even like the Dodgers and the Brewers, both teams who are very good last year, that the bottom or the, you know, towards the bottom of their division standings doesn't really mean a thing too much right now. I think they'll definitely pick it up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, kind of a cool and crazy weekend. Some of these teams we saw, um, it, it definitely, I think some of these teams, it hurts when you have blown bullpen, um, you know, games thrown away by your bullpen in the late innings. I think that really def just defeats the the, the typical fan. Um, I know the Twins gave up a game against the Mariners, and then of course with the Tiger or the White Sox losing to the Tigers, um, you look at those games and you might say, "Man, those blown bullpen games are the ones that you look back in September and say those are the ones we needed." But right. we'll see kind of where those teams take off um, with all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, just so far a, a, a very nice cool weekend of baseball so far i'm excited to kind of get into uh you know the middle of april and start to see how these teams kind of you know transition into what we, sh what we should be expecting them to be like in the season remember last year red sox 0 three orioles 3 and 0 we're yeah. just kind of thinking what's ourselves, going on in the east yeah what what the hell's going on and then I, of it, course it took a good few a few weeks maybe like a month for the royals to like stabilize into exactly. being like the losing team we exactly. thought they would be so exactly and then of course Oakland A's first four games last year were home against the Astros. They get swept. Then I believe they play the Dodgers at the Coliseum. I don't know if they got swept, but I think they were like they, they were like been, one in six. And then I think they won like eleven in a row or something. It, 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 it was, was something like, insane. Yeah. Angel fans, we were so pumped that they were going to be out of our way. And of course, by the third week of April, we're already looking up at them and we're just we're defeated already. I, so. I, I think I think the Angels <laughs> beat the A's last year like three times or something. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But but back to the, the power rankings really quick um i like all your thoughts about you know those teams the dodgers losing the first series shouldn't be a real big concern obviously it just uh your first of all you're playing in coors which is always going to be like a, a whole nother element to kind of you know create some some level of randomness but also travis um one thing i'll note is i think dodger fans are starting to get uh tired of bellinger i, I don't want to speak for them i've not spoken with that many dodger fans one-on-one -on -one about it but just the general consensus the vibe i get is that um, it's getting kind of crazy, uh, and and I really do think that um, 
we're getting to the point where and he needs to really kind of figure it out. He needs a hot month here or else it's going to be really bad for Triple his a, future yeah. contract yep. and for his, you know, starting status. But he had, I don't know if you saw it, he, on, I think it was Saturday night, he was the tying run, I think, at the plate, something like that. And he was up to bat against Bard, the closer for the Rockies. And it was a full count, two outs, big moment. And he, he threw like a slider, like a foot outside. And I don't know if Bellinger thought it would break in, but it just stayed out there and Bellinger just swung and missed. And I was at, I was actually at Travis, uh, local Mexican restaurant, Tom's tailgate, which is <laughs> highly recommend if you're in the, if you're in the area. But, um, I was actually standing in line and all the Dodger fans in the room, like just groaned co- yeah, collectively. Yeah, and I, yeah. I had my food. I walked, I walked out the door, like kind of snickering, you know, yeah, yeah. but, but, but Travis, uh, where are you at with, I mean, the fu- not the future of Bellinger, because, I mean, he's still so young, long future ahead of him, but just, like, as it stands right now with the Dodgers, uh, how do you see that trending right now? I and That's a good point you bring up. I I don't know what happened to this guy. Um, he might be one of the only guy, only guy in, I think, I don't want to say my lifetime, but, like, it, it's just been such a transition of the level you were playing at to what you are now and it's not because you're just getting so much older. You're you're getting more and more into your prime. And now you're looking like this. I mean, Dodgers definitely have a decision to make. The one thing is he does so far, of course, still play very good um, defense. And I mean, yes. that, that's what at least is going to keep him in the lineup. That's what at least is going to keep him uh, playing almost every other day. But it just seems right now that it's almost like you either have to go to a you're only facing righties in in uh in the in you know in the lineup which you know is honestly most of your days you're not facing very many lefties but right. you're facing almost every single time you're going to go up there facing righties you start maybe looking for some possible trade explorations i don't know if you can do that um i wonder what teams would be looking to get a guy like him um you know what one name that that pops up i'm thinking is is maybe you go for a guy like Brian Reynolds for the Pittsburgh Pirates and you say hey Here's two prospects, Bellinger and something else. Exactly. Something. I mean, with with I mean, the Bellinger upside is that you could get a guy who literally can be the best outfielder and the best player in the game if he's if ticking he's, just right. Yes. What we saw in his rookie year, what we saw in 2019, a guy was just unstoppable. I mean, we haven't seen Trout, Otani, Judge. We haven't seen guys hit like this, you know, in their careers. And so, um, the 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 three month prime that we saw in 2019 from Bellinger, I think, is what will keep him still putting value up for teams if they want to get him so it's really interesting to see if teams really want to get that and give up maybe a big piece but if i was a team and and looking to you know give away some a guy for a couple other pieces yeah sure i'll take bellinger i mean he's a guy that could have crazy upside but um i just wonder if maybe the the market the the hype and the the overall you know it's kind of like people that that you know play in new york sometimes they have to just leave and they do better in other cities where it's a smaller market maybe la is just getting to him he might have to leave the city and go to a new organization maybe he can thrive there but we'll see and then of course you know do you put him back down in triple a and then you kind of either you know work on him and kind of get his confidence back up but to me i just don't know if if he'll ever i don't want to say if he'll ever get that again but it's just kind of like you put him down in AAA, then his I feel like his his morale is just defeated even more, and it's yeah. kind of just like you know, go out there and try to earn your spot back at the major league level, and you know we'll see what happens. But maybe right now they look to explore some sort of trade where they can get him out of there and try to get some sort of value because if he can't perform, you're kind of looking at an outfield right now of what Chris Taylor, Lux, Bellinger, Mookie, and you know. For some reason, if Chris Taylor weren't, weren't weren't able to be available, then you're kind of looking at Lux and uh, you know Bellinger, and it's kind of just like it's just a kind of a meh. There's some know, question deal. marks there, yeah. at least. That, and that's why I think Pollock was kind of an interesting guy to trade because you kind of looked at it and said, well, you have Taylor and Bellinger, but for some reason, man, if they're just not performing, you kind of gave away uh, Paul Pel- or Pollock, who is still a very good hitter. Uh, needs needs some work on defense, as we saw from this last series, but. Right. Um, interesting way to kind of look about it i i always i always joke but i'm like i could see them signing justin upton and he just makes angel fans hate dodgers and justin upton even more because he'll just pinch or he'll just play against lefty pitchers and dodgers will just ride that and you know and it'll probably work he'll um, probably hit 19 home runs and, and bat you know 270 and it'll just be like well great you know we just gave up a guy like that but it is it is interesting to see where that kind of is headed the way he's striking out so much right now and i just feel like 
every time I watch him, it's it's three pitches. It's strike one, strike two, strike three. And it's kind of like Bellinger. You have to know they're going to be throwing you strikes because you can't hit it. So it's kind of just like do you choke up on it and try to just make contact. It's, yeah. So you know. so my my where I'm at with it, my theory on it, and I'll I'll start this off by saying I'm not a hitting coach. I'm not. <laughs> I never was never a great hitter in the league. I'm not claiming that I know more than him about hitting. But I think there's something wrong with the swing. I think that it's for me at least in my mind. I think it is. I first thought that maybe it's mental. I don't think it's mental anymore. I think that it's this is too much to be mental because his defense is still great. He's out there making flubs. He doesn't have the yips um, in the field or on the base pass. It's just at the plate he has issues. So. Um, I, I feel like the Dodgers need to just break down his swing and and change it up a bit, uh, change it up a lot. If you need to, uh, if, if there's any team I would trust to really, uh, rework someone's swing or kind of figure out how to retool them, uh, it would be the Dodgers or or, or the Rays. I feel like in my mind, they're the American league and NL like standard for like development and like training and kind of making young players, uh, into really good prospects and, you know, making prospects good in the MLB level. Bellinger is someone who, of course, went through their system and broke out early and now is having issues. So definitely not a situation that they're probably used to in terms of training and development, a guy who already was good and now isn't. But I think that after like some reworking, he could easily become a you know, rookie of the year, like that level of production where he was at in 2017 or or even like even the 2018 and 2020 seasons, Travis, those were his quote unquote down years from the rookie of the year and the MVP before this big landslide, even those down years, quote unquote, it was, it was like, it was well above average production. It was probably, you're getting a few war from your center fielder. It's definitely a very solid player. If he can get back to there, he's still probably hitting sixth or seventh for them, playing elite center field defense with, you know, five tool, stealing bags, all that kind of stuff uh, flying down the line. So they just need him to get back to an above average bat, not even an MVP or all-star bat. And he immediately has the value um, of a great player. So, uh, I think he just needs to figure out the swing. He lost all his pop too. The slugging is way down, and uh, he's not walking much because he's they don't they can just challenge him, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a hole in the swing or if there needs to just be some serious retooling. Uh, maybe the teams have uh, some sort of read on him in some way. But yeah, something is needs to be fixed, or I do I do think that things could uh, go poorly for him. I know if this I, year looks like last year, and, and I know I, I've heard some one of the best hitters, you know that I've grown up watching Joey Votto. Mm. Um, I, I know his kind of like philosophy sometimes with hitting or when he's struggling is sometimes he literally will just widen his stance and he'll choke up on the bat and he'll just try to play pepper. And with, you know, baseball coming 90 miles an hour and you put some sort of, you know, you know, muscle or energy into that ball, you're still going to be hitting line drives in the outfield. So maybe it's something about that or just, you're almost trying to just, you know, just focus on making contact for a little bit, and then you kind of gain that confidence back. You see the pitch tracking a little bit better. Then you can kind of work your way back into those stances. I go back to even Cole Calhoun with the Angels. I think it was in 2019. I think he started off, it was like 140 batting average, and then he kind of moved his hands down, and he he had a little bit of a, of a different stance, kind of sat more in his stance, and then, of course, had a great second half. And so sometimes it literally just takes a guy changing his stance completely or just making small ticks or changes and you know you can still become an above average baseball player so and, and the thing with Bellinger that just of course upsets me and even though I'm not a Dodger fan is that the potential for him because he's already an athlete he already has a great glove a great arm he's five tool of that bat- I, I, I mean yeah. 2019 we, we we still dream about that season the first half what he was able to do it was oh I mean it's, it's Barry Bonds with athleticism. It's it's just kind of insane that we saw that kind of player, and then of course the dip happened. Um, at least right now with Yelich, it's not as bad, and so that's at least reassuring. But with with you know I'm looking at the stats right now. He had a 45 OPS plus last year. Alex, Bellinger, yeah. he already oh, yeah. has a worse OPS plus to start the season. Yeah. in only three games, you think he'd have a better OPS plus in three games than he did in his last season last year, and it was awful. But um, you're right. I mean. You definitely got to be smart as the organization. Do you put him down? Do you try to explore trade options to get someone something of value away from you know from him to get him out of there? But you know, then again, if he goes off on for some other team, then you're kind of looking and saying, well, crap, we had him for you know a couple million dollars, and he was you know an MVP type type player. So uh, interesting way they kind of got to go about that. Yeah, it's it's going to be something that's I'm sure at the front of the front office's mind, but uh, it could it, it, I could still see. 
I can still see a world where he is a well above average player in, in a year or two from now, or even, you know, as early as, you know, some point this season. But uh, spring training didn't look good, and the first series didn't look great either. But um, I'm still going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, can't, I can't, I cannot imagine mentally counting this guy out based on the numbers he did do in the 2019, like you keep mentioning. Um, but yeah, Travis, uh, that was a big kind of side note off of the power rankings that we were discussing. Yep. Overall, um, I don't have that many other problems with the list. Um, I think that those, those are, I think, typically the, the top 10 teams pretty easily to say, you know, right. Yeah. And then moving on from them, like there's like in my mind, there's like the next tier below. Yeah. It feels like another like very solid group of teams that are kind of hovering around each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe 11 is Cardinals. I feel like Cardinals might be in that top 11, maybe. Yeah. And then yeah. it steps down, and the next ranked teams are the Mariners, the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Padres, the Angels. Yeah. And that feels like the next group. Padres, I had in my top 10. I think that they will be back there. They have to kind of prove it to the, yeah. the writers again. And I had a good start. Good start on the Great second. Start. Uh, I think it was seven innings and. Uh, and like one or hits no, or no hits? No, no runs. No runs. Okay. But, uh, but good start in his debut. Um, Phillies, we saw their bullpen give another scare. Um, I, I, I think I, I, I texted you, but it was I think Nola got the opening day start. Yes, and he gave up like one run through. Uh, I think it was in the seventh inning or like through six, and then a three-run bomb by Seth Brown and off the reliever with the inherited runs now, or something now, like now that. it's like six to four or six or five to four and the phillies are now kind of on the verge of blowing it after a schwarber you know lead off home run you know everything was going good for the phillies on the first day the offense was looking really good harper had a double and then you're looking at it and you're like okay now we might lose opening day because of our bullpen once again or once because of our late inning pitching once again and so i'm sure phillies fan had a really big scare in there just thinking here we go again um we didn't address this problem it's going to bite us in the butt again but end up to have a uh, a winning series against the A's, so they're off to a good start. And then I believe they're actually battling the uh, the Mets tonight. I think the Mets were beating them last I checked, uh, oh, okay. three nothing. But you know, a, a tough a tough interdivision series now with the Mets that they'll have to face. But um, Travis, quick yeah. quick quick side note: uh, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, Bohm, Alec Bohm, prospect, had some defensive miscues uh, in the game today actually multiple in the first few innings uh fans were giving them you know some flack of course as a passionate fan base like philadelphia yep. one of the most rowdy fan bases in american sports um i know the 76ers and uh, oh, yeah. and eagles. the eagles they, mm-hmm. they go crazy but yeah they were giving they're letting him hear it and then he makes the play and they cheer for him oh, yeah. which is kind of just almost kind of rubbing in the wound yeah yeah uh and then bohm had a quote saying are you not a quote you can read his lips talking to dd gregorius though he says like i effing hate it here or something like that (laughs) and so travis just just tell me this is this a story or a non-story because i did see a tweet when you were on your way over about how um it was some phillies fan just like some like no no face just like he probably had like harper as a profile picture or something like that and the guy said like at david dombrowski get him out tomorrow like something like that and there's like he's all upset because like you're disrespecting the the fan base but give me your thoughts story non-story what's up yeah probably non-story um it's just they're just gonna give him a hard time I and mean, we saw with joe adele on opening day um angel fans i think he made a catch a pop fly catch and everyone was cheering and it's kind of just it's just you you gotta as an MLB player you definitely have to be strong enough to take that kind of heat especially when you go and play for philly you knew when you were getting drafted if you don't perform and you're a high uh high level prospect and you you know some of the most routine plays today that I saw that he just made look so awful, you definitely got to tell yourself, you know, okay, I definitely deserve to get cheered when I make a routine play. So I think he'll definitely get a talking to probably from uh, Girardi in the dugout. He'll probably talk to the baseball operations side and just say, dude, you know, we we still trust in you. That's why you're starting at third base now. Um, you know, this is the city of brotherly love. It doesn't really show it that way, but hey, if we're winning baseball games, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you're gonna get you're gonna get cheered here. So. Um, you know, it, it's just funny. I saw that quote and someone said, I think he said, I, I effing hate these plays. And someone thought, oh, that, really? so, someone thought he said that, but then it's kind of like, okay, well, what did he say? I, I'm guaranteeing after the game, he'll have inter, you know reporters saying, so what did you say? And then of course he'll say, yeah. I don't know what I said. And so, um, or they'll be saying, so do you really hate Philadelphia? And he'll be like, what are you guys even talking He's about? Like, yes, so, no. but no, exactly. But, uh, I, I think it's just kind of one of those things where he's probably just like, oh God, like, I'm just like, I'm, you know, just not having a good day. And so. 
it'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? Make it make it better if he hits a three run bomb to tie the game up in like the seventh or eighth inning. You know, it it all it all gets washed away. So you know, that's true. I, it seems like the best way for a player to really bounce back from something like this is just go out there and uh, and uh, make Show the fan, it late ma- in the game. Make the fans yeah. love you. Exactly. Make the fans love exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Travis, kind of looking ahead at some of the last rankings, I think I said. Padres are 15, Angels are 16, and then Tigers are 17, Twins are 18, Marlins are 19. I still feel like it's overall like that's a nice little group in the middle good. in the yeah. middle of the yeah. MLB where they're all kind of flirting with the possibility of making the playoffs but have something to prove still. Yeah. Um and they're then, all knocking on the six seed, yeah. Yeah, and then 20 is the Cubs. I think it's kind of a step down perhaps and mm-hmm. then below them I think we're getting into no man's land of <laughs> yeah. you know, Royals, Guardians, Rangers, Rockies, Reds, nationals uh athletics uh going, to, going, going back to the royals probably what junior very very memorable opening day had the that's right the uh what is it the the, the game go ahead the double. go ahead double yeah and i mean and some good defensive players as well yeah yeah and so all honestly, weekend it, it was probably a very memorable start um to his career for that day and i'm sure royals fans are really happy that's what's nice is that when they when, when teams they don't want to you know um they don't what, what what was the term that i know you use where they don't they, they keep their prospects down they they, oh, wanna, they do uh uh they what's manip- it manipulators or they they service, service time, time manipulation yeah, yeah and so it's nice to see the royals when they give the guy the chance and then the fans show up and then he does that yeah i mean He's like you're, you're you're the number one prospect as of last week exactly why are we gonna mess around with you in triple a especially if he's the franchise guy and he's there for 15 years people will be saying oh, i was at bobby witt jr's first game he had to go ahead double like it was just a memorable yeah, moment in my of the life year, yeah, like it's yeah. like a memory for the f- yeah fans yeah. to build around yeah and so it's, it's, it's cool to see that and then also um that game i know we were heated but um i have bieber on fantasy and just a ridiculous uh mm. play in the outfit i guess it was a windy day I and mean, there's a there's a lot of debate but um ahmed rosario was playing left field and it was so windy he was kind of just like almost like he was drunk in, in left field and the ball went off his glove and they ended up scoring it a hit instead of an air so the guy got to, guy got to second base whoever hit it i forget and then the next guy came up and uh hit a, a a double as well i think and it, it bounced in between like miles straw and ahmed rosario and, and i thought straw could catch it i, I just he's made, so fast i thought you get there he yeah. almost like stopped and the ball bounced and then it's like dude you could have caught that would have been the final out but the run scores bieber ends up getting a uh, a run added to his score line just kind of it hit me deep because i i was living no yeah i mean i'm i'm with you because i also have money on him for cy young right. so i mean we're in the same boat <laughs> you hate for that to really just kill some sort of you know vote later in september where you know or you know end of the season when you're like this game really just i mean a, a, every time you know an unnecessary run scores that i think should be unearned but it's earned it's gonna affect the era and the voters the first thing they probably look at is like innings pitch and era yeah. it's like their first yeah. two things voters are gonna look at so um, and of course, for fantasy, for you, ERA is of of course a big yeah, stat in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, uh, totally agree. I have lots of issues with the way they officiate or with, with, with the way they they score keep errors and stuff because it's so subjective. And in my mind, if an average outfielder would have made the play, or even if like the inning like, over, <laughs> if a bottom half at, like outfielder like doesn't have to be a good one, but just like an. A, like a, if a triple error could have made the play, then oh, then yeah. you should high get an yeah. error. Yeah. I don't care if it hits your glove. I don't care if there was wind or if there was sun. If the average player would have made it, then I think that's on the defender, not on the yeah. pitcher. Yeah. Either way, Travis, that probably wraps up all the big points we wanted to cover this week. Not too long of an episode, but hopefully covered all the big points you guys are hoping to hear from us. Next week, a week from now, we will give you guys another episode covering the whole first, you know, three or so series for yeah. all these MLB yeah. teams. Um, can't wait to keep this season rolling, guys. Um, super excited to keep up with these storylines and keep you guys coming with the weekly content. So for now, uh, we're signing off, but talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>